Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype a 300,000 member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am honored to be joined with Sam Wexler, the two-time creator on Kickstarter and the inventor of multiple products. Uh, first campaign was the Teable Spoon XL, first campaign, and now recently just finished with the Coffee Clip Spoonchilla and the Teable Spoon XL6 to simplify the cooking experience. So Sam, really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you, Roy. Glad to be here. So yeah, Sam, we've uh, we've been working together for a long time, but I really want to know, and I think our audience, you know, wants to start about, you know, let's talk about your background and what led you to being an entrepreneur. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, my background is in, in engineering, actually, electrical engineering, and um, I've always been an entrepreneurial person since I was about mm, seven years old. Uh, yeah, the first time. I still remember the first time I ever sold anything, and that was at a uh, agricultural fair when I was about seven. My dad had uh, burpee seeds. We lived in southeast Pennsylvania near Burpee Seed Company, and he got burpee seeds. And my brother and I would sell the seed packets for a dollar apiece at the agricultural fair. And ever since then, I thought, wow. It's kind of neat to uh, sell stuff. So when I was in high school, I would sell uh, sodas on the school bus and middle school sodas on the school bus. And, um, you know, uh, what else would I do? I'd sell snacks and um, glow sticks for Fourth of July and things of that sort. So I've always been of the um, entrepreneurial mindset and uh yeah, kind of always wanted to invent things, and that led me to engineering. And uh, I think that's most of it. So, so I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, follow that path, especially when when they're kids. Was there a particular time when you knew you wanted to take that trek down the entrepreneurial path full time? Yeah, well, I've kind of always known since then. Both my parents have their own businesses, and. Yeah, I've always wanted to do my own thing, to be honest with you. Now, when I was when I was an engineer in my 20s, I started a couple businesses that didn't do very well. They, they were failures for the most part. And then I bought a, a, a property and fixed it up and rented out to students, and I'm doing pretty well with that. So uh, that at that point, you know... the. I more or less bought that so I can go off and do my own thing, which I've been doing now 
for about mm, three years. And, uh, you know, I'm doing, okay. I'm doing okay. It's not like I'm, I'm no, I'm not Josh Malone with a bunch of balloons. We'll put it that way, but none of us are right, Sam, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, my, you know, my wife has a good job. She's also an engineer and we're doing pretty well overall, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, I got the rental property so I can explore and experiment and uh kind of pitch new products do some kickstarters and uh that's it more or less nice well tell me let's tell the audience a little bit about your products and what problems you were trying to solve with them yeah all right so a couple years ago i was baking one night and here's the problem i uh started putting the recipe together and mixing in the bowl and then i had to measure teaspoons and tablespoons of like, you know, sugar, salt, you know, cinnamon, uh, vanilla, etc. And then I was looking around at the time I had like a, my, my son was around only a couple, it was a couple years old, you know, and he was being put to, to bed by my wife. So I didn't want to ask her, you know, where are the teaspoons and tablespoons? And I thought, oh man. So my whole, you know, my baking that night went to, uh, went to crap and uh, I had to, uh, you know, I was thinking this is such a dumb problem to have. Why, why aren't these just built in? Why aren't they like cooking multi-tools? Why, why aren't teaspoons and tablespoons just built into existing products? So I did some brainstorming and sketching and I thought, well, the first one that popped to mind was like a stirring spoon. You know, that's already built. It's out of wood. It's this long thing. Why not just put like a tablespoon and teaspoon in the spoon? So I built that, and that was the first tablespoon. I uh, made a couple, and um, like at the time, uh, I was just uh, just uh, getting to know Brian Freed. He's also on the UIA board, like you, Roy, or he was. And um, yeah, he he was trying to get me to uh, push these cooking tools because we thought we could license them, which ended up not happening, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, the cooking tools for cooking tools, like, you know, there's, there's a market for, for cooking gadgets and whatnot. And, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. What's your question again? <laughs> no, talking about more about, you know, the, the product and the problem you were solving and, you know, some of that inspiration to, to create it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I just thought of solutions to the problem, essentially. The problem is not being able to find uh, teaspoons and tablespoons in the kitchen. And I thought of various things I could integrate them into. Another one was the uh, spatula. So I thought, well, on either side of a standard silicone spatula, you know, it's just kind of like wasted room. And uh, so I put a teaspoon and tablespoon into them to the spatula and then there are existing clips out there that clip a, a bag of coffee and uh you can measure with them but they all uh they have their issues so i designed this um single piece injection molded polypropylene coffee clip the coffee clip um has a lot of benefits to it first of all it's all one piece it'll and it'll fit into most spice jars so you can you know not only measure coffee you can measure sugar you can measure cinnamon you can measure anything in a spice jar essentially most of these things don't fit in a spice jar 
but uh, it also clips bags and, um, you know, can be mass manufactured because it's a single piece. And um, that's the coffee clip. So that's the latest one. And the whole, yeah, the whole concept here is like, it's not a new concept. Uh, It's this concept of culinary multi-tools. So there's been a couple out there. Joseph and Joseph have this tool called the Uni tool. And it has like, I don't know, it has pretty good ratings on Amazon. I can't remember the exact number, but um, yeah, that's the concept, culinary multi-tools. Nice. So Sam, when you were creating these products, let's talk a little bit about that process, right? Like how did you go about deciding what features to include in the designs, what materials, and then some of the challenges that you encountered when designing the product? Uh-huh. Well, I uh, I prototyped them myself. I, I have access to a makerspace. I, I'm a member. And I um, for the teaspoon, I designed the whole thing in Fusion 360 myself and then um, used various materials such as um, hard maple, cherry, European beach. Uh, and I did research. I'd go into stores and research, hey, what materials are, are uh, companies using for wooden spoons? And the typical one is European beach. It's a hard wood and it looks good and has a closed grain. So it's not like oils will soak into the grain. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, cherry is also good. So is hard maple. In regard to the, uh, you know, kind of same thing with each of these, I'd go into the store and see, uh, hey, what's the existing, what's an existing spatula made out of? Well, there's different ones, but the one that people like the best is silicone. And then, uh, yeah, I would prototype these all myself at first. I would three, I have 3D printers in my basement. I'd 3D print for the silicone. I'd 3D print a mold and then uh, make my own. I'd pour in silicone and uh, make my own um, prototypes. And I always sh- I show them to people. The the idea is to show them to people first and uh, get feedback. That's kind of like the most important part. A lot of engineers don't understand that. They kind of, you know, including myself at first, where I would like build something and build something and then never show it to anybody. So this is, um, you know, that's kind of one of the points of all this to show to people and get feedback and make sales. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, Sam, in terms of that, that feedback loop that I don't think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs or startups or founders creating products get necessarily and build it in a vacuum and uh, aren't constantly communicating with the community that they're potentially asking to purchase it or will have the best use case for it, right? So the fact that you're out there getting feedback for the product, making iterations is key to, you know, the overall success of the product and the company in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you go through life and uh, entrepreneurship, you learn hard lessons as you go. (laughs) Absolutely. So in terms of... Maybe you could share some of the lessons you've learned recently if you you want to. Oh, man, there's a there's a lot of them for another podcast. But, you know, in terms of uh, a current lesson, you know, I think uh, preparation is probably one of those key ones since, uh, you know, we had that lesson learned uh, you and I together in terms of uh, getting this podcast set up and running the first time. Uh, You know, it wasn't working, technical issues, Internet issues, whatever it may be. 
you know, if we were properly prepared, we probably would have been able to do this the first time around. But, uh, you know, I think preparation in anything in life is, is critical to just overall success in general and having uh, a game plan, uh, you know, not flying by the seat of your pants, so to speak, is, is going to be is going to aid in the longevity of your entrepreneurial career, I believe. Uh huh. So, Sam, uh, you know, the first campaign launched with mild success. You know, it was a low four-figure campaign. And then the next campaign launched, uh, you quadruple the amount of backers and supporters doing a low five-figure campaign. So let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter campaigns and some of the things that you might do differently on the next one or some of the learnings that you've had along the way doing multiple Kickstarter projects. Well, I'm... uh... I'm uh, unfortunately I'm losing money on the Kickstarter pro uh, Kickstarters, but I'm um, yeah we'll see you know uh, o- overall it's uh, it's going to be a net loss unfortunately, but the uh, I might be able to turn things around on uh, Amazon with some of these products I'm going to put them all on Amazon next um, I actually just sent in my uh, initial. Uh, FBA uh, units to uh, get up there and then I'm going to experiment with Facebook ads myself and uh, yeah we'll see we'll see if I can make a net if uh, I can make a comeback on this and a a net profit it's uh, it's a challenge you know I uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think uh, Amazon is a good next step for most companies that launch on Kickstarter and are able to fulfill to their backers and then need to go that next that next spot? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's it's a real challenge. Um, like I said, look, I'm an I'm an engineer by background. Now, as an entrepreneur. You almost have to think opposite of an engineer. You know, an engineer is somebody who may be a perfectionist over design, doesn't talk to people, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have to it, – it's tricky, it's tricky kind of like inverting that mentality of you go out, you, you talk to people, you iterate the design, and um, – you know, marketing is uh, a real challenge. So that's why I partnered with Inventus for the marketing aspect. Now, in the future, I think I'm going to try something a little bit more lean, um, maybe Facebook ads myself or to, you know, just try a little bit yeah, more of uh, kind of what Inventus showed me, but uh, on, a, on a budget little bit more of a budget and uh we'll see if i can get some amazon sales and if not then i'm just going to be stuck with inventory for a while and uh give it give it away to friends and family for the next 10 years (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have lots of pasta parties but yeah Um, yeah. here's the thing you have to also think worst case scenario right so like i thought about that and the, and the worst case scenario would be yeah i'm stuck with some inventory but it's not the end of the world you know it could be um a lot worse or i could have zero sales you know so at least i got some sales and uh we'll see you know and it, even if this doesn't work out if people like uh 
you know, if the concept was like not a blockbuster, which it seems like it's not going to be a blockbuster, then it's kind of like on to the next next thing. Yeah, I know uh, entrepreneurship can be a tough road. I mean, in, in some of these difficult moments and as you're progressing in your company, how are you staying focused and moving forward and making progress? Well, I, I, I think in big picture business concepts. So this is one big picture business concept, the, the concept of culinary multi-tools. And I'm trying it out for a couple of years. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then I'm going to go on to my next thing. I have some 3D printing ideas. Uh, over the pandemic, I picked up a bunch of 3D printers and made money with them, resold them. So I have some designs of my own that I think are pretty um, pretty innovative. And so that could be my next thing. But we'll see. I mean, how did, how did you land upon Kickstarter specialization? Um, were you trying a, di- a lot of different things at first? I guess that's my question for you is how did you spe- become specialized in um, this kind of marketing? Yeah, it certainly wasn't the uh, the original goal in terms of what we were working on. We were more focused as a digital marketing agency specializing in helping startups uh, with their digital marketing and their e-commerce. You know, so we were kind of tangentially working on on those sorts of things. But since I was really good at search engine optimization, I got us to rank on the first page of Google for startup marketing. And that's when the first active Kickstarter campaign reached out to us and filled out our contact form and said, hey, we need help with our startup. We need marketing. Uh, and that was our first foray into Kickstarter marketing almost a decade ago now. And, you know, just having the ability to be agile enough and see that revenues from helping Kickstarter campaigns and projects started to outpace those from a agency retainer standpoint, uh, we went full in, you know, in terms of helping startups with their marketing and helping Kickstarter campaigns bring in traction because most of the, you know, inventors and entrepreneurs out there running campaigns don't know how to potentially get their message out there or find the right audience in the community and then run Facebook ads and do all of the things necessary to promote their product and get early adopters to back and pledge and invest into a product that doesn't exist yet. Um, So really it's been constant refinement, like I said, over the last decade of building it out and, you know, helping startups along the way. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting, but uh, Sam, where, uh, where are you guys headed next? What's the next product line look like? I'm sticking with this for a while. I I have new ideas for new products, but for now, perhaps go to the um, – you going to the Housewares show this year? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it now that uh, they finally got the uh, the inspired home, uh, you know, dates in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I'll be out there as well. Uh, I might get a booth there. We'll, we'll see how things go. Um, I think it's like mid-August or something like that. And we'll see. You know, if I get a big order, then um, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be great, um, you know, because I have I've built connections with you know, you know manufacturers, and uh, you know, with one decent sized order, I could make you know make, make back my money and make some money. But yeah. you know, the, the, what everyone's looking for is a big product line. I have three products in my line right now, 
And, uh, you know, it's kind of, I've sold to some mom and pop shops, but, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get something, uh, bigger. Absolutely. I can, uh, I can relate with that, Sam. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go this morning, Sam? We'll see. (laughs) So, uh, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? My, uh, my, my dad. I would say. If you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a meal with? Uh, Archimedes. Interesting. That's the first time on the show. What uh, What would have been your first question? <laughs> uh, my first question would be, uh, I don't know. I, I would say, how did you... Uh, how did you have I, w- I would want to talk with him about the Eureka moment. I wouldn't have a specific pointed um, question. The the um, you should ask me here. What's my favorite invention of all time? Yeah, that's coming up. But go ahead and give it to me. Writing. Writing. So the, the paper or the pen pencil or just the act of writing itself. The act of writing itself. There's a great book I read called um, it's by this Israeli guy. And it's, uh, what the hell is it called? It's called, um, shit, I just forgot the name of it. But it, anyway, it's, uh, oh, it's called Sapiens. And it's about our evolution from monkeys to the, the near future, essentially. And uh, I want to say the writing system evolved about 12,000 years ago in uh Sumeria because we had to keep track. That's when the agricultural revolution took place. And we had to keep track of things like grain and livestock and whatnot. And we had to write that down onto tablets. Right. And so whoever invented writing, I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, people were writing on caves way before that, but we developed numbers and then we developed their whole writing system and writing. uh, I think has whoever like really invented that system uh we owe we owe a lot you know to to that i think that's um anyway i could go on and on about that but yeah no sapiens is definitely a great read uh yuval noah harai uh for all those listening out there great read as well um so what advice sam would you give to a new inventor entrepreneur who's looking to launch a new product good question good question uh my advice would be to uh, talk with figure out who your potential customer is who's your target customer and read um, business the book business model generation I think it's by Steve blank and if not it's by somebody he's affiliated with and uh, so talk with people. I, I think that's a big one. Talk with potential customers and try to try to sell your products right away and um, get feedback, iterate. I think maybe iterate. Iterate might be the best possible. Whatever you do in life, iterate and experiment because you don't want to go all in on something if you don't know, you know, if you don't know it's going to, if people don't like it, then why would you spend a lot of money on it? So yeah, iterate and um, try to reduce your risk. Solid advice there. Sam, last question. Given that you've launched two successful crowdfunding campaigns, give me your insights on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Uh, 
I wish I knew the answer. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to tell, to be honest. Uh, it seems like there's more and more crowdfunding campaigns out there. And um, you tell me, I, you'd be a way better, <laughs> you'd be a way better answering that question than I would. I don't, I don't really know, to be honest with you. What do you think, Roy? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just boldly, I think that the future looks bright for not only reward-based crowdfunding, but there's certainly a major trend in terms of now the SEC updating the list, the uh, the rules and regulations on equity crowdfunding. There's just wow. been a tremendous amount of growth there. Um, so I think, you know, just the amount of startups and the opportunity to raise capital from the crowd is just going to continue to double every single year. So uh, uh-huh. I'm very, very bullish on it, Sam. Have you uh, worked with a company in equity crowdfunding? We have. Yeah, we've worked with uh, a dozen or so companies on the equity crowdfunding side. Uh, really? That's going all right. That's going okay. Incredibly well. Yeah, it's wow. actually doing a lot of growth. So, uh, yeah, hopefully in the next few episodes, I'll get some folks on, on the platform side or people that are running equity crowdfunding campaigns so we can all listen into those conversations. Interesting. All right. Well, Sam, this has been great. Uh, This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. Sure. Go to tablespoon.com. So that's tablespoon with an E before the A, -A T-E-A-B-L-E-S-P-O-O-N. And uh, check it out, tablespoon.com. You can go to Amazon. Uh, You can buy the tablespoon there. And, uh, you know, if you like the idea of saving space and saving time in your kitchen, then check it out at tablespoon.com. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, audience, for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to all of Sam's products and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Sam, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Thank you, Roy. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.